Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I am your host, Brian Bott of Sports Advantage here in Madison, Wisconsin. Here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchi from the Fox Valley Throws, Kimberly Papermakers, and all kinds of other things that he's involved in over there. Dean, you over there? Yes, very excited for today's episode, Brian. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. One of my, one of my personal favorites. Um, so our guest today is Rob Havenstein from the Los Angeles Rams. Rob, you over there? Yeah, I'm here. Glad to awesome. be here, man. Awesome. So Rob, Rob trains with me over at Sports Advantage. Uh, he trained with me when I was at Wisconsin, and he's had a great career up to this point in Los Angeles, hoping to keep it going for a few more, few more years here. Um, so Rob, why don't you uh, go ahead and just kick it off, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, freelance a little bit, if you will, and, and let's get this baby rolling. Sure. Yeah. No. Um, like uh, Ryan was saying, you know, I play for the Los Angeles Rams now. Formerly of the uh, St. Louis Rams, was there for a year before we uh, shipped out, shipped out west. But um, yeah, I was born and raised in um, uh, in Maryland, Mount Airy, Maryland, and uh, you know, decided to uh, you know play uh, play football for uh, for Madison. And I'm sure we'll touch on that a little bit. So I'll just kind of keep going. But uh, you know. It turns out had a uh, good, good career there and learned a lot from a different from a whole bunch of different guys and um, you know guy was fortunate enough to get uh, drafted in the uh, in the second round and uh, you know like a, like Brian said kind of had a pretty good career up at this point a couple down years so I'll try to minimize those as, as much as possible but uh, you know get out there and compete with the best of the best you know I mean you couldn't ask for a better job. Yeah, and Robin, and you're you're such a such a great technician, and and the things you do take a lot of pride in it. But let's go back a little bit to back when you're in Maryland. You're in high school. Um, tell us, you know, Maryland is a little bit out of the Midwest, I would say, even though they are in the Big Ten now. That's true. Um, so how did you? How did Wisconsin find you? How did the come about that you got recruited uh, by the University of Wisconsin when typically Wisconsin is a you know a Midwestern. Um, as far as their, their linemen, their bigs typically are Midwestern yep. kids. You know, we do get a lot of skill kids from the, out on the East Coast, thing like that. But kind of unique situation with you being out in Maryland. How did Wisconsin find you out there? Um, I mean, from what I think, uh, we I was lucky enough to have a uh, in in the, my same high school a really good player who was like uh, we played tailback, linebacker, fullback for us. But he was the number one rated fullback coming out our year and. Um, and he was just a beast, big, big kid, ran fast, hit hard, um, kind of all around. He got a lot of notoriety at the camps because he was kind of a physical specimen. And I was just kind of a big kid lumbering around. And um, I think, uh, you know, you, if you're going to go to a school to see this kid, you know, it's like, hey, you might want to see this, you know, the six, eight, three, whatever. We'll get to that, too. <laughs> um, um, you know, kind of see this kid, see how he moves, meet him, whatever. And so. I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm, I'm kind of assuming that's a little bit what it was. And then um, obviously with, uh, you know, the, um, the O-line coach that we had, Bob Bostad, he was, he was always looking for size and, um, you know, he was confident in his ability to kind of mold younger players and get them into a position to, you know, play to their, their, their truest potential. And, you know, it's, you know, they, they you say it a lot, you know, you can't teach, can't teach size. And so I had it, had it and had it and well I was lucky enough to get a uh to get a look and you know probably one of the better decisions I've made in my life so Rob you talk about size you know when you arrived on campus at UW 
Brian said you were like 380 pounds at the time. Oh, yeah. A sleek 380. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. And a lot of the linemen, you know, are always trying to gain weight when they get on campus. You know, you were kind of the opposite, and you were an incredible group of offensive linemen at the time. I mean, you talk about Gabe Karimi, John Moffitt, Travis Frederick, Ryan Groy, Bill Nagy, Ricky Wagner, you know, all these guys played in the league. And uh, what was your mindset as you started out your career at UW? And then how did you find a way to get stronger and still drop 40 to 50 pounds throughout your career? Yeah, well, the, the I mean, the funny part to that was, so I thought I was like 3.30 coming in. Um, I was, uh, it was you know, off. I, I was off by 50 pounds, but it was, um, I mean, I, I would check my weight. I just had the local, uh, local gym, you know, the health club that we have down in Mount area. And I think the, uh, well, I don't think, no, I know the scale is probably not accurate up until, you know, the upper echelons of its limits. They said it was good up till 400 and I didn't think I was pushing anywhere near there. Um, and so I do, I'd go weigh in at number 330, 340, uh, 335, 340, some days back down to 30 to 40 or whatever it was. And I was checking the roster when I was going in, like, all right, you know, I was looking at the names and it was like, all right, this guy's 330, this guy's 325, this guy's blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm in range. And the first weigh-in, uh, I literally thought somebody was, was messing with me and like stepping on the scale behind me. I like turned around and I was like, Oh, it's just me up here. <laughs> that never and, happened uh, though. I mean, right. I mean, guys would never do that weigh-in. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. No, nobody would ever put a two and a half pound pounds in their pants somewhere just to go ahead and get a little bit up. But obviously that wasn't my <laughs> issue. So I was, I was trying to find a way to take weight off, you know, lift an arm up or something, but nothing worked. But, uh, yeah, no, I remember stepping on and, and Brian, the first way in, you know, obviously he was like, holy crap, with some other fruitful language. And I was like, oh, I mean, please. And I think maybe after the, uh, I think the second workout, something like that, uh, Brian pulls me aside and he's like, Habs, we think you're a good player. Otherwise you wouldn't be here. I was like, okay. And he goes, but I was like, I know, I know where this is going. He's like, but you got to lose weight. And I was like, yeah, I know. I understand. I get it. So I, uh, I, I became real familiar with the Stairmaster, um, got real good at it too. I'm pr I was pretty proud of that. And, uh, you know, I just started stepping away, actually learned about nutrition a little bit, you know, something I'm still learning, you know, trying to get that better and dialed in. But um, in terms of getting stronger and losing weight, I mean, it wasn't super hard because I, was, I, I wasn't really like a super strong kid coming out. And I was kind of just big. And that's kind of what got me a, a lot through high school. And, um, so once I actually kind of took from the older guys and took from the coaches about how to, how to actually work and like work on your technique and your craft, your craft just in the weight room. So it translated out in the field and then, you know, just do what you're supposed to do, you know, eat better, you know, cause I mean, I was looking back, looking back on pictures in high school and I mean, it was very obvious that, you know, I was, there was like Taco Bell on this side and McDonald's on this side. So, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty evident that, you know, something needed to change and, you know, it was a, it took a couple of years for, you know, to really get down to a good, a good plain weight so I can actually move. And, you know, I wasn't, uh, you know, labored uh, for as, as big as I was. I think one of the good things that you just said too, Rob, is it took a couple of years. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, we get this question all the time as, as high school strength coaches and performance coaches, Hey, what supplements should I use? Hey, what should I do with, you know, I want to gain weight, I want to lose weight. And there's no, there's no magic pill. There's no magic. It's just hard work. And, and sure. you know, I can speak to, you know, we would have groups at four in the afternoon and Rob, you'd be in it 
you know, 10 in the morning in between classes because you went to all your classes. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, um, you know, you, you get a half hour in on the, on, on the step mill, you know, which is a pretty hard thing to do you know, for a bigger guy. Um, and you were just consistent with it, right? I mean, that's such a big thing is consistency. I mean, that, to me, that's the only thing. I mean, it's like you said, there's no magic pill. You're not going to start taking BCAAs and all of a sudden, you know, come out shredded or anything like that. Like you got to consistently put the work in and whether it's weight loss, getting stronger, putting weight on. I mean, it's, it's something that it's, you know, it's not like a diet or, I mean, it is, but it's a lifestyle change. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you got, it's, it's just how you do things now. And, um, it like, and you know, it wasn't perfect the whole time. You know, I was, I was still up and down. I got to like 340, which is still obviously really big. And, and then I was, you know, I kind of went up and down from there and I needed a kick in the butt every now and again. And, you know, Brian would come in and be like, Hey, you need to be 335 by Thursday. Like, you know, stop screwing around. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, let's wake up, you know, a little bit, get back on my routine, get back on doing it the right way. And, you know, just if anything, like, I mean, forget about the numbers, just making yourself into a better football player. If that's what you want to be. And then, you know, that's, that's the, that's the beauty of that. Cause if it's consistent, it's important to you, then you're going to get it done. And Wisconsin's, you know, the campus is not the easiest place to, you know, yeah. there, there's some things that are around that kind of make it hard for guys yeah. to, to drop weight. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, Rob, I, I mean, you know, you were part of some really good team. I mean, some great teams, you know, mm -hmm. uh, three big 10 championships, three Rose Bowls, um, you know, and a lot of, a, a lot of training sessions and a lot of things went into building, you know, those rosters, you know, not, you know, a lot of those guys that Dean talked about, obviously you were in those training sessions and, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, there's various things coming out in the media now, and there's reasons why people don't share, um, you know, what goes on behind the scenes a lot. I remember getting asked, you know, about you guys a lot once I transferred over into, into training the O-line, you know, by Tom Mulhern, um, Tom Oates, and, and even Matt LaPay. Hey, what are these guys left? What are these guys, you know, and I never shared it out of two things. One, respect, you know, just for being, you know, a part of in the group. And, you know, that, that's something that if you guys wanted to share it, you could. But the second reason I never shared it is because I never wanted a guy to get a competitive advantage over, over one of you guys and saying, you know, if I said Rob Havenstein, you know, squat 600 pounds and you're going against a guy from Iowa who's got squat 625, he's like, well, I'm stronger than him and this, that. And conversely, if, you know, the roles are flipped and you're six, you know, squatting 625 and a guy squatting 600, that's going to juice that guy up. He's like, oh, that's a big guy, you know? And so, you know, those are some of the things we never discussed, but, you know, give us a couple minutes here and kind of share, you know, what some of those training sessions were like, you know, with some of those guys, because they were very unique and they were very high octane. So, you know, coming in as a freshman and then all, and then transitioning into being a leader in some of those, what were some of those like? Yeah, no, I mean, one of the first, uh, you know, workouts, you know, obviously I was, you know, 380 rolling around there and, you know, I was first workouts, you know, this the older guys came in and, you know, it was a hard day. People are coming, you know, we just caught them, like, even I think some of the skill groups coming off and like, you know, there was, you know, they're a tough day. Some guys were breathing and there was Borland there and he was, uh, you know, shirt off all jacked up and he just, you know, dropped down and he did like a set of 50 push-ups just, you know, banged him out after the whole workout. And I was like, okay, this is complete. <laughs> like, if you're going to ask me to do this, like, I, I might as well just go home now because I can't, you know, I could probably hit 10 and then, you know, struggle through, you know, maybe one or two more. But it was, uh, 
when I first got into the uh, to the bigs, because we did have a night, a really unique situation where our strength coach, our head strength coach was, I mean, and on paper, it was, you know, Coach Herbert, but it was really Brian. And it was, you know, he, he took care of us. He, you know, from what I assume, he, he programmed us and everything like that. And so when I first came in, I, you know, I was, I was kind of a fly on the wall just because I walked into the old McLean, which was no, no windows, you know, red cement carpet, ch- chalk stains, sweat stains, I'm sure, you know, some, some, some other stains and, you know, so maybe, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty grungy, but it was, it was like a, it was a mindset thing. And that's something I learned quick. Cause you know, once we got into getting after some power cleans, getting after some squats, you know, you saw the, the intensity, the way people attacked it, where it was like, this was their, like, this is what they were building for the whole week, you know, for the whole month. It was like, Hey, we're, ma- we're maxing on, you know, three weeks from now, like, all right, I'm like, I'm, I'm getting in, I'm getting after it. And I was still kind of, you know, I was hundred percent still learning in it, but you know, you see guys up in guys' faces, you know, screaming at, screaming at them to like, let's go smacking guys on the back. Brian's coming in after a big PR with a flying, flying chest bump, side bump guys are throwing him into the wall. He's taking Powerade bottles, whipping them at the, uh, the wall. It's exploding. And I'm sitting back there as a young guy, like, Oh, okay. This is, this is a different level. You know, this is, this isn't just like, you know, let's get strong and something like that. It's like, let's, you know, I mean, some guys, you know, they were there to scare the weight. I mean, they were, they were getting <laughs> after it and it was, uh, it was eye opening because, you know, and then once you kind of got indoctrinated into it and then like learn from it, you saw some gains and you saw some numbers going to where the other guys were. And then you really kind of started dialing into, all right, it may not be, you know, like I'm not going to hit um, John Moffitt's um, squat my freshman year, but, you know, two, three years down the road, you know, that's, you know, that's my number. That's my goal. I'm trying to hit that. And once I hit that, I'm going, I'm going higher, I'm going higher, I'm going higher, all while being obviously pretty smart about, you know, I'm not going to make hundred pound jumps or anything that it was all within reason of what you could do at the time. But it was, uh, it was, it was definitely intense. And one of the best stories I love sharing is, I think maybe it was our red shirt, no, second or third year or something like that. And it was just max squat. And we had a line of squat racks up against the the windows of the training room. It was just, I mean, rack after rack after rack. And they're all set up and everyone had their stations of what weight they were hitting. And we just went down the line, just, you know, started on the, uh, the far end, usually where the younger guys were, you know, the guys didn't lift as much. I was down there for a little bit. And you just, you know, bang, 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 one, one, just repping it. You finally got to the, some of the, you know, the last guys and, you know, you got people standing on shoulders, you know, huddling around this. And I mean, people are just smashing PRs all over the place. And, you know, I mean, like bars moving quick, where as soon as you rack it, you're supposed to be done. And you kind of look back and, you know, your Brian's looking at him and he just, and he, he kind of gives you that head and he's like, more weight more weight <laughs> so you slap on a 10 two and a half you know, i mean not two and a half uh, it's 10 and a five or something like that and uh you know he guy had another set but you went down the line i mean guys were crushing crushing squats and, and everyone was locked in prepared for it and we got out and we were going to go run after that so we left the uh the weight room went up to the top and uh you know it was just such a you know, seeing other guys hit PRs and who were, you know, you could tell we're really working at it. You know, it was like, it was emotional for everyone. I mean, it was like, you, you were jacked up, you're juiced, you're happy for yourself, but it was like, you were even more juiced for the group. You know, you guys were doing everything together. 
and that's something that we did in, in Wisconsin awesomely. But it was uh, we got to the top, and uh, I mean, you know, Brian was a little uh, he was juiced too, and there was a little bit of emotion coming out where he was just like, you know, just I'm so dang proud of you guys. You know, I mean, I mean, it was it was an, an epic day, and it was like, you know what, you guys killed it. No running today. Get you know, get, like get get to the showers, and we all just went nuts. I think it might have been one of the last workouts of the week, or something like that, or close to the end. And so we're all just going crazy, and you know, you know, got the heck out of there as you know, you know, as fast as we could. And it was just, it was just an awesome moment because it was, it was a lot of work, and just the juice and the feeling of it was was pretty cool. I know one uh, thing, Rob, and I, I can definitely attest to this because when John Detman was down there and even Herbs and, uh, and Brian, we would bring some of our high school kids down and watch some of you guys do some uh, really good workouts. And I just remember a couple of times our kids were just totally wide eyed and guys are squatting over 600 pounds and just, mm -hmm. you know, that camaraderie with the linemen is always the thing that impressed me the most. Cause it's just such a close unit and, you know, everybody helping each other. And we talk about leadership at our school and, you want to make the people around you better. And it's just, to me, it was the best atmosphere that, you know, that can happen in a college weight room from For a sure. standpoint. So I definitely, I know what it feels like. I've seen it uh, and it's incredible. And, and when I'm not there, Brian was always calling me and sending me videos and you should have saw this. And I'm looking at him and he's, he's acting crazy and he's all, you know, juiced up as far as, you know, his energy level and he's getting up at four in the morning and, uh, all that energy to help you guys become you know, a lot better. Dean, let me, let me interrupt. I can talk to, about that day. I was emotional while you telling that story because I remember it like it was yesterday. Yep. You know, it was it, it was like, I, I think our, our second year, you know, where I was in charge of the O-line and it was one of those things where I think we were getting challenged a little bit, you know, that we couldn't do what we did last year, you know, as far as numbers and couldn't get guys stronger than what they were. And, you know, as a coach and as a strength coach, you know, we feel that a lot, you know, you feel that, that, that pressure, you know, to make sure that you're taking care of your guys. Like every time you train, Rob, there's pressure for me, you know, whether you know it or not, like, I want to make sure that you get everything you need. And it's just, it was the way I was with you guys. Cause you just, like, it was, a, it was the most unique situation that I've ever been a part of because you don't ever see that. You don't see, you know, an assistant that's in charge of a group of guys and like, I'm going to speak to this. Like there's probably not a more prestigious group of linemen to train in the, in the country than the Wisconsin linemen. And so what comes with that is pressure. Right. And, and like when, you know, I always told you, I'd always be there for you. And that was like one of those days that I felt like you guys, I don't want to say that, you know, but to me, it felt like you guys had my back on that one. It was like, you guys are like, you know what, we're going to show up and we're going to show everybody, you know, we're not done yet. We're, we're going to keep getting better. And so, you know, that, that was, uh, and if guys are listening, I mean, you have, you guys have no idea how much I appreciated that and just the love and respect that I have for all you guys. So Dean, go ahead. Let's talk a little bit about Bob Bolstead. Yes. You know, biggest, uh, at the high school level, Bob would come and recruit our, our athletes oh. at our school. And I it just remember so many times, Hey, I want to watch this kid in the ring. I want to see him compete because I'm the throws coach at Kimberly high school for shot put and discus and he'd be coming out to practice and he'd be watching their mindset and you know how are they reacting are they trying harder in practice because he's there or is this an everyday deal and 
you know, he was this in depth as far as being a big recruiter in the state of Wisconsin, at least in the Fox Valley area. And uh, I got to know Bob and he's a UW Stevens Point guy and, and uh, just had so much pride. He's got such a great reputation as an offensive line coach. And I know he's been doing linebackers here and he's been doing different things, but he was your old line coach. What kind of influence did he have on you? And even uh, yeah. as in college and, and at the next level at the NFL. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I mean, it was massive. Um, you know, obviously Bob is a uh, very intense guy um, and, you know, he kind of comes off and, you know, when you're recruiting him, uh, you know, when, he, like, when he's recruiting you, it was the kind of a, uh, you know, very soft spoken, you know, but you could tell there is, there's an intensity to that. And you kind of didn't really understand what it was till you the first couple, first couple of days and you're like, Oh, okay, this is, you know, it's it's not 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 different two sides. He was he's he's the same guy, but it was he was very soft spoken outside of football. When it came to football, he just demanded such. He had such an expectation for guys, and it wasn't anything you know anything pride related. He just wanted you, you know. Obviously, we were all here, brought here to play really good football, and he wanted you to be a really good football player, and he had his way of going about that, and um, you know. For number one things, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I learned how to work in the weight room through Brian and all the guys there in the environment that we had. And then it was taking it out to the football field. And I really learned just like what actual work was like hard work, work where you're doing inside drill. And, you know, I'm taking, you know, ones, twos where I was, I was taking ones because, you know, we had a guy with an injury and then taking mine twos and I was a freshman. So I was taking the threes reps, if we got through it fast enough, which you bet your, your bottom that we were going fast <laughs> during inside drill. And you're to the point where you can't pick your head up. I mean, physically you're, you're so tired. You can't pick your head and you're just falling forward. And obviously that's not great technical work, but it's like that taught you like what, I mean, really hard work was and w- what it feels like and what you got to train for and what, you know, you, what you got to do to really kind of put yourself in the best situation possible. And then, you know, when things get really hard and you're tired and you're sweaty and it's hot out or it's cold, you know, it's minus two and, you know, you can dig deep knowing that you've already done it and you can find that way. And, you know, obviously Bob had a very uh, fruitful language kind of going about some of the way he, uh, way he coached and the way he got guys, got the best out of guys, but, at the end of the day, that's what he was trying to do. And, you know, I wouldn't be the, uh, the player I am here without, without learning from him, without learning from Brian. I mean, it was just, you know, it was very hard at times. And that was a good thing because that's, uh, that's something where you got to, you know, you're not relying on, on external cues or external influences to get you through the day, to get you through the rep, just to get you through the practice. It was like, okay, this is, I got to find this internally and I got to, you know, I, I got to do this for me. No other way around it. You know, you can't worry about anything else just because things were really hard. And it was, you know, you were just, you had to find that, that fire inside. And that's something that just uh, a lot of guys, um, I feel like a lot of guys nowadays are almost losing. Um, obviously there's still guys out there, obviously, you know, there's tremendous players out there, but it's, you see a lot of, a lot of stuff out there where it's like, you know, you're kind of doing it, I guess, for the wrong reasons. You don't have the the real drive to just make yourself the best possible football player possible. 
Well, one thing too, Rob, just to throw in on that. I mean, I think our philosophy and, and you hear people say this all the time, but I think truly our philosophy between, you know, myself and Bob and, you know, coach Rudolph, who did the tight ends and even coach Chris, who's offensive line coach or offensive coordinator at the time. Now the head coach is we wanted Tuesday and Wednesday to be harder than the games. Oh, they were way harder. Yeah. And I mean, and from a physiological standpoint, maybe that's not the best way to go about it sometimes, but like we squatted hard on Tuesdays. And then we did inside drill for like 10 minutes. You get like 30, 40 reps in, in 10 minutes of inside drill. So like you get to the and game, was, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's and like, that was, yeah, that was after, you know, power fits and yeah. the inside <laughs> drill and the half line and, the, yeah. well, I guess, you know, uh, power fits, half line, uh, inside drill. Yeah. I mean, individual took what, 30, no, I guess, I don't know, 20, or yeah 20 some periods and like once you got done with individual you were like oh my god thank god it's team like <laughs> i i can i can like i know i'm gonna get you know it six seven plays off like i can breathe for a little bit and i mean that was your your goal was just to make it through indie because it was that hard and you know you're maybe taxed from squat but still you had to find a way to go out there and put good film out there yep. you know you had to go you had to go find a way to get it done um and yeah, I mean, Tuesdays and Wednesdays were hard. They were very hard. So Especially some of those 32 perioders <laughs> in full pads. Um, in so, full pads. <laughs> um, you know, transition. And then Rob, you said you're drafting the second round, which is, you know, amazing. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. for anybody. Um, so when you got drafted by the Rams, obviously now you're a professional, you know, and you're, you're, you're gone from being a college student. How did your mindset change with that? We talk a lot of, you know, we have a lot of our listeners are gonna be high school kids you know, and even like moving up, you know, every step you take up, right. Is there's more important, there's more pressure, but you come a professional now it's all in your hands. So how did your mindset change from being in the college scenario, you know, to, to being a pro? Yeah. Well, I, I was lucky enough the names you listed off earlier, Dean with uh, you know, I had guys to kind of, kind of, kind of rely on, like I did throughout college to take that step. You know, I called Travis up, I called Ryan up, I called Ricky up and it was like, hey, you know, what do, what can I expect? You know, what's different about the game? How do I go about this and that? And, um, you know, once you kind of heard their under, their point of view from different things, you kind of start piecing together. And then, you know, you truly realize that it was like, okay, this is, this is it. This is all I'm like, this is, there's no class. There's no, you know you're not worried about, you know, going out on a Saturday night, you know, maybe some guys are, but it was like, it's just football now. Like that's, that's it. That's what you're paid to do. That's what you're expected to do. And, you know, there's no real excuse now for not getting it done. You know, it's like, Oh, I was up late writing a term paper or something like that. Like no one, like no one, no one cares at all. It was like, Oh, my kid didn't sleep last night. It's like, eh, it doesn't matter. Like who? Okay. So like you missed the block. You know, it's just what it was. And so I was, I was lucky enough to have guys kind of, kind of guide me through that of, you know, how to get your mindset into truly how to be a professional. And, um, you know, it was kind of the same thing when, when you're a freshman, you know, come in as a rookie and it's like, you know, you kind of fly on the wall a little bit and, you know, pick out a couple guys who are going to take you under the wing and take you along. And, you know, guys that, you know, are doing the right thing, working hard and guys that you want to emulate then, um, you know, kind of you just develop your professionalism uh, truly over time. I mean, it really never stops. But coming in, um, that was a big uh, a big jump up from, you know, being a college athlete to, 
no more school, no nothing that college brings really. It was just football, it was just ball. It's just making yourself the best shape as possible, trying to, you know, have the longest career you can. Hey, Rob, with the COVID and the OTAs being shortened over the last couple of years, how important has your offseason preparation been for you as now there's less team activities, so you have to handle a lot of this on your own? I know yeah, a lot no. of our athletes, you know, a lot of our athletes say, you know, the hardest part about being a professional is sometimes, yeah, this is my job, but it's kind of hard to get yourself motivated by yourself sometimes, you know, so what changes um, have you made? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't totally agree with, you know, the, the motivation thing. I think it's, if anything, it's, it's more of a motivation because you have, I mean, if you have a little bit more money to, you know, as is, this is a question I got in the combine a little bit. It was like, you know, Hey, because we, we talked about a waiter It's like, once you get a little bit of money, are we worried about you ballooning up again? I was like, heck no, I can actually go to afford groceries. That'll, you know, it's not, yeah. I got to pay rent that I got, you know, X amount of money to, you know, make it through. And, you know, I got money to go ahead and get everything that I need to, to be better. So that motivation, I think just takes it up another notch, you know, because that's what you learn coming through college. And, um, but with the, uh, the shortened off season, um, I, I've, I've been a big fan to be honest with you, because the way OTAs have gone in the past first couple of years, I mean, you're, like, you're really playing football with no pads. And obviously some people will say like, Hey, you're just running around in your underwear, but you're still taking, helmets to the shoulder guys are still rolling ankles you still see injuries happening you know you're still getting little nicks and bruises where you're kind of not taken away from your training during that time but you I mean yeah I mean screw it yeah you're, you're really taken away from your training that time you're not focusing on what the offseason should be which is just building the biggest base the best base possible to get you into training camp as healthy strong fast lean whatever it is as possible and then go, you know, the season's obviously a grind. You got to get, you know, it's something you got to do, but it's like, you got to put yourself, you have to build that house as high as you possibly can before you can start, you know, may, maybe you'll decline a week and you can maintain and build another week, but that's the roller coaster of the season. The off season should be getting yourself as best, as best as possible. And, um, you know, being an offensive lineman, I think, uh, you know, it's not like we have to go run routes or have a uh, connection with the, uh, you know, quarterback or anything like that. So it's, we're, you know, I mean, you know, we're still working on our craft, taking sets, making sure our technique's good and everything like that, and thinking about, you know, what we got to do during training camp. But it's, you know, your the biggest thing is just getting there as healthy as and as physical as possible. You know, and, and that's something that I really enjoyed about last year because you came into training camp feeling great because you had all that time to work out, all that time to that, you know, playing football again, you know, that does take a toll. So you didn't have any of that decline during training. It was just all just trying to feel as good as possible until training camp and then hit it and go. Yeah, I think it, it's been crazy. I mean, it's been, you know, the, you know, and I think, you know, who knows? I mean, but I think OTAs are going to change for good now. You know, yeah, we, I don't, you know, we've talked about that, you know, it's just, I think there's so much more specialization in training I think guys, you know, now they're starting to, like we talked about this with Alex Erickson, mm -hmm. uh, investing in their bodies and stuff like that. And I think, you know, organizations now are like, you know what, this is your career. So if, if you don't come in in shape, we'll find someone else to do it. Right. Exactly. Which is honestly good because you kind of weed, you weed out who's not really there. Um, <coughs> and um, yeah, no, I mean, and plus I don't see how, 
how we can go back a little bit um, just because of, you know, you know, obviously there's a whole bunch of numbers out there and the NFOPA is, you know, going to fight that battle for us. But just, you know, personally, it's just, you know, you just, you do invest in your body so much more make sure, you know, you get consistent massages, consistent chiropractic, whatever it is, Pilates, yoga, whatever, you know, whatever your process is, you know, you can just do that throughout and get yourself feeling as good as possible. And that's something that's, you know, I don't take lightly because it's, you know, I mean, you get paid for the season, really. You know, um, okay, Rob. So the title of the podcast is Get Your Edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if there's something you can share with our listeners, whether it's for the high school kids out there or even some coaches um, on a way for them to gain a competitive advantage, you know, something maybe that you would have done different when you were younger or even just something that you're doing now that you think people can implement. Uh, yeah, no, I was, I was thinking about this a little bit. And um, uh, before I kind of answer that, it was just it was probably for the younger kids is that something that I think that helped me um, growing up is that I played a bunch of different sports and I didn't do like super, in, I, you know, I didn't all year just work on offensive line, footwork training, just do that. You know, I played basketball, I played lacrosse, played uh, baseball, you know, did a lot of different things for that. You know, you're just out like, especially for the younger kids. And obviously when you're taking steps up to hit that next level, then you got to get, get a little bit more specialized, but play, just playing a bunch of different sports and seeing, you know, just learning how to react to different things. And, you know, your body's got to move in different ways, I think is really good. But um, I'd say another thing would be just come kind of what you hear and hear stories and see things. It's like, don't, uh, don't be afraid, especially for the, for the players, don't be afraid to be coached because that's a good thing. I mean, it's really a good thing. And, you know, I'm not just saying this because I'm talk, obviously talking to two coaches. It's, you know, I, like I, I was coached hard, you know, my first couple of years. And it was, uh, you know, it, it, it the, the, the thing they say when you get to the pros is like when you're being coached, that's a good thing. When they stop coaching you, then you've lost complete because they're just, they're just done. Like there's, you just, there's no more coaching coming from there. And then you're like, oh, that's not really not a good thing. But if they're still trying to coach you and try to make you that better player, then they still see something in you or something like that. But it's um, when, especially when you're, you know, making next steps from high school to college, it's embrace that, embrace the coaching, whether it's hard, different, whatever it is, a guy's from all backgrounds coming into one place. It's, you know, really, really embrace that and just, just go to work and kind of find, find, find what's inside you, you know, really. And sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta break that out a little bit and might take some hard, hard lessons, but you know, that's something that you really got to, uh, really got to kind of invest in yourself to really kind of feel like, you know, like I know who I am now. I know where I can go, what I can do and, you know, you know, just make yourself a better player in the end. Hey Rob, let's go back to middle school. Were you always real big, you know, height wise? I mean, were you big for your grade level? And yeah. Yeah. So, oh. so we were always tall. I actually have a, I have a twin brother who uh, went to Longwood. Um, but he's, uh, he was always a taller, skinnier guy. And I was taller and not so skinny most of the time. And um, so, yeah, middle school, elementary school, we were always, we were always taller, especially going off the youth sports. Like my mom used to carry around our birth certificate just to show parents on the sideline or, you know, chirping and like, what, what, you know, what are these kids doing out here? Like they're way too old. And she'd come over and be like, no, they're not. <laughs> you know, and, and that's awesome. So, you know, I guess, 
you know, it's hard for me to obviously relate to this because, you know, I'm, I'm six, three, but I was never a giant at a young age like that. But we, as, as I coached in 26 years in high school and we get those kids once in a while, like yourself, sure. it's maybe not quite that big, but I've seen it in youth sports. And a lot of times those athletes are timid. You know, they don't want to draw any more attention to themselves because they, they stick out in a crowd so much. I guess what advice would you give for those type of athletes that are in your, that were in your situation, you know? Uh, yeah, no, no, that's a, that, that's a really good question because honestly I was that way for, for a long time. Um, you know, always being the bigger kid, you know, never super fast, never suit, you know, never really, I you was know, just kept my, my defining thing was I guess I was just a big kid. And, you know, when I went to high school development, I mean, uh, like, college development camps when I was early in high school you know I, I was in the back of the line you know trying to shrink and I was just kind of there and I didn't really know how to play football yet or you know how to mentally play football yet and so kind of one thing I would I would say is obviously you know there's not many people out there playing football whether it's youth league high school anything at the size I was and so if I could you know go back and change something that would you know I'd I take a real interest in obviously improving my diet. Um, that was, I mean, that was the number one thing for me. It was, you know, it was hanging out on the weekend, going to McDonald's and everything like that, but it was, and you don't need to get too crazy with it. All I had to do was like not eat McDonald's four times a day and I would have been fine, but it was, uh, you know, it's, you don't need to get too crazy. I mean, you'll have like a little, you know, a fistful of chicken and like, you know, three grains of rice, like you don't need to do anything weird, but just, you know, make yourself slowly start making better decisions and that'll go ahead and unfold into, you know, consistency. And that's, that's going to change everything. Cause it's, you know, you really can't, can't play, can't move at that size. And um, I think, you know, some of the, some of the best guys are the guys that come in lighter and have to put the weight on because it's good weight most of the time, instead of having bad weight and then having to shrink that down and then flip it. I'm still trying to do that. You know, instead of having, you know, 270, 280, whatever it is for an offensive lineman nowadays and having to pack on, you know, 20, 30 pounds of muscle over a couple of years, you know, obviously that's going to turn out better. So, you know, especially for the young kids, you know, it's something I wish I would have done was really take, take an interest in how I was, how I was eating. You know, it was obviously, you know, an, an issue. And, um, you know, I, I really wish I would have came, you know, just would have been lighter. Everything would have been easier. You know, I would have had more confidence going out into things. And, you know, obviously it, you know, worked out with me in, in, in the end, but it was, you know, there's, there's a lot of instances where I see it, you know, it doesn't work out and it's almost a shame, not because there's, you know, I want everyone to go out and play football, but it's, that's something they want to do and they're hindered by the weight, then, you know, that's, you know, not good to see. So obviously you're a real big guy then in high school. Is there a specific, like, an adult figure, whether it was a teacher, a coach, or somewhere that just really kind of hit home to you that, hey, I can go and play college football. Because I can imagine a basketball coach was all over you because you're a big guy, you're tall. You know, I look at our high school and, you know, the basketball coach, hey, we got to get you playing basketball. And I'm a throws coach and I would have been all over you to, hey, we got to teach you how to throw the shot and disc, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and the football coach is all over you because, hey, you got, you're a big guy. We need big guys, you know, Were, was there that specific person or was there a specific time in your high school career that, 
you know, that really sparked you to play or decide to play football? Yeah, so I didn't start playing football until my ninth grade year of high school, um, you know, because the, the weight restrictions, went, you know, basically I, I played basketball growing up, you know, it's kind of like my main sport. And then, you know, when the season ended, I played baseball and then I switched to lacrosse and did a little bit of track and field in high school, but that was just really because I needed something to do and I uh, was never really good at it because I was never really strong. But, you know, um, I was always a basketball guy and, you know, we had, you know, a couple people come out and couple of parents that were like you, like you need to get him in the youth league like he's going to be so far behind and um you know you, you're basically kind of hindering him and everything like that and so once but like once I got the actual freshman year of, of high school I played freshman football because I never played before and I wasn't very good and I wasn't very good in high school if not like, uh truly but um my head football coach uh coach coach Rick Connor he was a uh he's an awesome guy and he was just a I mean, he's, he's just a legend in our town and kind of the surrounding area. And it's deservedly so because he takes, I mean, we, we have a pretty talented area, but he takes a lot of maybe not as, you know, people who aren't going to go play D one in Wisconsin or anywhere in the big 10 or in Alabama, you know, they're going to, you know, that, and he takes them to their full potential. And that's something he was always kind of saw in me. And then once it, the kind of the accolades and the, exposure started happening he was just a uh he never swayed me kind of like you know my dad was the same way he never swayed me to go to college anywhere it was always he was always just you know he would always say he's just a me fan um and that was something that you know as a guy I could always rely on and talk to and ask him questions and you know he would still you know still coach you still get on you obviously what you know but uh he was definitely uh a big influence in my life that's a great, that's a great statement, Rob, because I get asked a lot, you know, who's your favorite, you know, who's your favorite football team? And obviously growing up in Wisconsin, it's always been the Packers, but you know, I have you on the Rams. I had Trav with the Cowboys, you know, Rick, Kev, you know, all those guys. I mean, and so you're always wanting good things for, for the people that mean the most to you. Sure. you know, that's why like watching professional sports, you know, after a while becomes like, you don't even really have good teams. You just hope that, you know, on, you know, in the beginning of February, you see one of your guys that you trained hosting that Super Bowl trophy at someday. And hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, that, that that's going to be you someday. So before Absolutely. we, before we close out, Rob, I want to ask this question. Who's the toughest guy that you've ever played with? Played against. Played with. Ooh. I mean, obviously, I mean, Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Okay. The physically most tough guy I've ever played with is by far Cal Kaskin. Uh, this man, it was crazy. We, so we wake up and I, I lived with him senior year and he'd have a bowl of oatmeal with actual nails in it and he'd eat it for breakfast. You know what I mean? Like Kyle was the toughest man of all time. I know I say that kind of in jest, but he was, he was my right guard for three years and he was just, unfortunately just it, it injury ridden and big stuff too. I mean, yeah, he, he was crawling out of the locker room after games and still week after week, he's, you know, he's slapping on the pads, going out there and playing with, you know, a torn tricep, two bad knees. You can barely squat to get down to sit in a chair. I mean, it was, it was bad, but he had just such a fire to go out there and not let, you no, know, not just me because I played next to him, but not let the line down. 
to get out there and play and do his best. And when he didn't think he was doing his best because of a lot of the injuries, you know, he kind of had to talk him back off the, off the ledge a little bit. Yeah. Like, hey, like you're like you being out there helps us 100 percent of the time. And I, and it was it was it was hard to watch, but you know, it's something I really uh, really appreciated about Kyle. He was, uh, he was a very selfless man, and um, you know, love him to death. And he's doing I mean, he's doing great things now in Wisconsin, obviously in the yeah. strength and conditioning department. I mean, for young athletes, I mean, if you have the opportunity to go, um, you know, to Wisconsin at some point, you're going back and forth, and you're looking at the strength coaches. You know, you Some can look best. at you can look at experience all you want, but there's no guy that's going to give you a better representation of what being tough is than Kyle Costner. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, some of the things that he did, and when you say selfless, I mean, he was the ultimate teammate. I mean, he played yeah, that yeah, sure. on his helmet, and he played for the guys next to him. And yeah, I, I want to throw that in there because I have just unbelievable respect for that for that for that man. He's just. And he's such a great person too, you know. Yeah, so. I mean, no, Kyle is, you know, he he he's one of the best guys out there. And like, and you know, I, I can't stress enough how I mean, there was times after games he's just in the oh. shower, just head against the wall. Just I mean, everyone's gone. I'm just about to leave, but he's still just yeah, head against the wall, just sitting there. It's like, dude, like what he did. Like we can't share it, obviously, but what he no. did Penn State was unbelievable. I mean, no, crazy, crazy. Yeah. That's that's um, one of the best stories I've ever I've ever ever yeah. been a part of. So, Dean, you got anything else for Rob? Yeah, you know, one extra thing here, you know, Brian and I, Rob, do this coaching gig, you know, make a difference in kids' lives and not only just help them become better athletically, but just be a real positive influence on people's lives. And I just wanted to share a quick story with you. Uh, Talking to a lot of our coaches and, you know, every day they're like, hey, who's going to be on next week? They always want the inside scoop on who's going to be on the Get Your Edge podcast. And I mentioned your name and, one of our coaches said, I'll tell you what, he said he made such a big difference in my father-in-law's life. And it was a make-a-wish situation. And this person had uh, terminally ill cancer. And, um, and you probably have no idea what the impact you had on this individual in the last days of their life. And you were one of the last uh, per- uh, people that they saw last person. And uh, it just was very touching. Gave me goosebumps was actually yesterday at our workouts. And when this coach was telling us how professional you are, you took the time. And I know as a professional athlete, it probably gets to, there's days when you're probably like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do everything else. But, you know, we talk about impact we as coaches, but you as an NFL athlete, what a difference you made. And it's just, unbelievable and I just wanted to share that story with well, you, you because you probably didn't even know at the time what the impact that you had on not, not only this person's life but their family that was there during this too so uh glad I got to know you I appreciate you yeah, being on this you. podcast Brian has said everything that Rob is all about being first class wish you all the luck in the world and continued success in the NFL and uh and thanks again yeah thank you Dean yeah, Rob, uh, really appreciate having you on. Um, looking forward to the next, you know, next few weeks here to a month. Get you ready for the season and, and, yes, and see if we can go win, win some football games here. So that's gonna that's gonna conclude this episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. Make sure you tune in next week, and we will see you then. Chop it. <laughs>